Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Best again this morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to be here again in your presence this beautiful morning. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with a brand new day. Scripture says this is the day that you made, and that, Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. So, Father, we thank you for the blessings of today. We thank you for the mercies of today. We thank you for your love that is poured out afresh upon us. Lord, we give you all the glory in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we worship in your presence, we ask that you will exalt your name. You will glorify your name once more in the name of Jesus because you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. We declare that you will glorify your name one more time in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask this morning, bless us with wisdom, bless us with understanding, and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue our study together. We're reading the Bible together and commenting on the New Testament. But currently, we're about finishing the book of Leviticus. We said we're reading the book of Leviticus to understand the book of Hebrews better. So a big thank you, a big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you. All right. Yes, the last time we spoke, we read, we were reading the book of um, Leviticus chapter 26. And today we complete the book of Leviticus and just round up, tie it up to, to what we expect to see in the book of Hebrews. And then next time we'll speak together again we'll be reading the book of hebrews um, we stopped on verse 13 hebrews chapter 26 verse 13 god was speaking here the lord was speaking here he said i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt so you would no longer be their slaves i broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held Hi. Okay, the most important word there is I am the Lord your God, and that had strong implication for the children of Israel. I am the Lord your God was the reason why they acted the way they did, the reason why they did the little things, the reason why they cared for one another, they loved their neighbor. It was because they knew and they loved God. All right, so we continue to this morning. Please get your Bibles, Leviticus chapter 26 from verse 14. Remember that we were studying on the blessings of obedience, right? Of obeying God. That was what we had from Leviticus chapter 1, chapter 26 from verse 1 to 13. Now from verse 14, this is the punishment for disobedience. It says, however, if you do not listen, 
if you do not listen to me or obey all these commands, if you do not listen or obey all these commands, and if you break my covenant by rejecting my decrees, treating my regulations with contempt, and refusing to obey my commands, if you do this, God says, verse 16, I will punish you. <laughs> I will punish you. I will bring sudden terror upon you, wasting diseases and burning fever that will cause your eyes to fail and your life to ebb away. Hmm. God was telling them, I will remove myself from the scene. Remember when, what I'm trying to remember the exact psalm that was asking, O mountain, what caused you to skip like ram? What caused the sea to part before the children of Israel? And the psalmist said it was because of the presence of God. Because of the presence of God with the children of Israel, the mountain saw them and, and moved out of the way. God was telling them here that if you stop obeying my commands, you stop, stop obeying my decrees, I will remove myself. I will remove myself from among you. And when I do that, <laughs> he said, look, okay, I'll remove myself and that will be the punishment. But you know what will happen? He said, sudden terror will come upon you. And I'm sure you can relate to this. You've been in, in situations where you just knew God was not with me, okay? Or God is not here. You know, for the children of Israel, it was like that. There were many times they went to battle. <laughs> One time they wanted to fight against a small nation called Ai. And they lost the battle. Why? Because God was not with them. Okay? And of course, in that instant, it was because Achan, Achan had disobeyed God. Now, this was not just indiv an individual, and many times the laws God gave them, they were not just for individuals, they were to, an, to a whole nation. And so to the entire nation, God says, if you stop obeying my commands and you break my covenant, God says, I will punish you. I will punish you. He said, literally, your lives will have a way. Says you will plant your crops in vain because your enemies will eat them. <laughs> you plant your crop, so then they planted their crops and they they got a good harvest. Why? Because of the blessings of the Lord. Now here God says, <laughs> your enemies will come; they will steal everything. Seventeen, I will turn against you, and you will be defeated by your enemies. Okay. In other words, God was telling them, me myself. I will fight against you. Okay? And because I am fighting on your enemy side, not just I just remove myself from the scene, and that's why your enemies now have the advantage. God says, I will become your enemy. I will turn against you, and you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you will rule over you. Those who hate you will rule over you, and you will run even when no one is chasing you. It's a cause. <laughs> it was it's a cause <laughs> 18 and if in spite of all this in other words the children of israel usually could tell when they had sinned against god in the old testament because they just knew that things were turning upside down okay god was no longer with them i remember the one instance when they were trying to fight against the philistines 
and they, they rushed into battle and they were defeated. <laughs> when they came back, they said, hey, what's going on? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. We have done something wrong. And in that instance, they said, go and bring the ark. <laughs> Instead of them to gather together and repent. No, they said, go and bring the ark. Because they thought the presence of the ark we automatically command the presence of God. No, but it was not like that. Even with the ark present, the presence of God did not go with them. Okay? It says, those who hate you will run over you, will rule over you, and you will run, you will run even when no one is, is chasing you. 18. And if in spite of all this you still disobey me, I will punish you seven times over for your sins. I will break your proud spirits by making the skies as unyielding as iron and the earth as hard as bronze. Hmm. All your works will be for nothing, for your land will yield no crops and your trees will bear no fruit. Hmm? <laughs> they were working hard, they wouldn't get anything. Why? Because God was against them, God was telling them. And this was simply because they had broken this covenant and they are refusing to obey his command. 21. If even then you remain hostile, in other words, it was in levels. If even then you still remain hostile towards me and refuse to obey me, I will inflict disaster. I will inflict disaster on you seven times over for your sins. I will send wild animals that will rob you of your children. And destroy your livestock they will destroy your livestock your numbers will dwindle and your roads will be deserted okay so when you are reading some of these things when you read the book of judges just a little bit after the children of Israel come came out of the wilderness you will understand okay their roads became deserted because they had deserted God 23 and if you fail to learn even then you fail to learn the lesson and continue your hostility your hostility towards me then I myself will be hostile towards you I will personally strike you with calamity seven times over for your sins personally I will send armies against you to carry out the causes of the covenant you have broken so when you when you run you run to your towns for safety I will send a plague to destroy you there and you will be handed over to your enemies okay so when Israel was cried off into exile the people knew they knew that it was because they had forgotten the covenant of their God yes they had turned away away from obeying his instructions because God already warned them I will send a plague to destroy you there and, I, and you will be handed over to your enemies. 26. I will destroy your food supply so that so that ten women will need only <laughs> will need only one oven to bake bread for their families. Quite a tragedy. They will ration your food by weight, and though you have food to eat, you will not be satisfied. Hmm. If in spite of this you still refuse to listen and still remain hostile towards me. Then I will give full vent to my hostility. I myself will punish you seven times over for your sins. 29. Then you will eat the flesh of your own sons and daughters. And I'm telling you that did actually, that did happen. 
I will destroy your pagan shrines and knock down your places of worship. Not worship to God, uh, worship to idols. Your places of worship. I will leave you lifeless. I will leave your lifeless corpses piled on top of your lifeless idols. And I will despise you. Okay, so what has happened is that they have turned to idolatry. God says, I will, I will pile up your corpses, your lifeless corpses, on top of your lifeless idols. And I will despise you. I will make your cities desolate and destroy. Make your cities desolate and destroy your places of pagan worship. I will take no pleasure in your offering that should be a pleasing aroma to me. Yes, I myself will devastate your land and your enemies who come to occupy it will be appalled at what they see. I will scatter you among the nations and bring out my sword against you. Your land will become desolate and your cities will lie in ruins. See, then at last the land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath. I'm telling you, we are reading this in the book of Leviticus. That's exactly what Jeremiah and Daniel will eventually have to be addressing by the time the children of Israel are carried off into exile. He said, because then at last the land will enjoy its neglected Sabbath years at its lies desolate while you are in exile in the land of your enemies. Since then the land will finally rest and enjoy the Sabbath it missed. Hmm? Because you have rejected the laws of God. Okay, 35. As long as the land lies in ruins, it will enjoy the rest you never allowed it to take every seventh year while you lived on it. And for those 36, for those of you who survive, I will demolarize you in the land of your enemies. You will live in such fear that the sound of a leaf driven by the wind will send you fleeing. <laughs> you will run as though fleeing from a sword and you will fall even when no one pursues you. Hmm? Though no one is chasing you, you will stumble over each other as though fleeing from a sword. You will have no power to stand up against your enemies. Okay? I'm telling you, this literally became the life of the children of Israel. Okay? Right from the Assyrians and then the Babylonians. And after the Babylonians, you have the Persians. And then eventually you have the Romans, and then you have the Ottoman Empire, and then you have the British Empire. Okay, this became the lot. Eventually, of course, you will have the European, the European Union, then became strong. The United Nations came into being. Okay, we've moved right, right from then. Imagine the history until up to now, the nation of Israel has not been restored from when they turn against God, okay? You will die among among the foreign. He says you will have no power to stand up against them. 38, you will die among the foreign nations and be devoured in the land of your enemies. Those of you who survive will waste away in your enemy's land because of their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Says, but at last, my people will confess their sins. At last, they will confess their sins and the sins of their ancestors for betraying me and for being hostile towards me. That's exactly what Daniel then eventually did. Okay? When I have turned their hostility in literally, God was predicting and telling them what was going to happen tomorrow. When I have turned their hostility back on them and brought them to the land of their enemies, then at last their stubborn hearts will be humbled 
and they will pay for their sins. Then I will re remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. And I will remember the land for the land must be abandoned to enjoy its years of Sabbath rest as it lies deserted. At last the people will pay for their sins for they have continually rejected my regulations and despise my decrees hmm. but despite all these i will not utterly reject or despise them while they are in exile in the land of their enemies i will not cancel my covenant with them by wiping them out for i am the lord their god for their sakes i will remember my ancient covenant with their ancestors whom i brought out of the land of egypt in the sight of all the nations that i might be their god i am the lord I am the Lord. Verse 46. These are the decrees and regulations and instructions that the Lord gave through Moses on Mount Sinai as evidence of the relationship between himself and the Israelites. Okay? Decrees, regulations, and instructions. Sincerely, it's quite strange, but Leviticus 26 is exactly what would happen to the nation of Israel. It's still going on even today. I mean, right now, today. It's still going on. But eventually, uh, the temple will be rebuilt and it will look like as if there is a restoration. But no, the Antichrist will appear. All right, so let Leviticus chapter 27, our final chapter for the book of Leviticus. Um, if we are not able to, to round it up today, then the next time we meet, We'll then round it up and start the book of Hebrews back. Okay, so redemption of gifts offered to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. If anyone makes a special vow to dedicate someone to the Lord by paying the value of that person, here is the scale of value to be used. A man between the ages of 20 and 60 is valued as 50 shekels of silver. Note that as measured by the sanctuary shekel. A woman at that age is valued at 30 shekels. This is the reason why there are some who accuse the Jewish culture of patriarchy. It values men more than women. Okay, so for men 20 between 60, they are, they are worth 50 shekels of silver. Okay, but for a woman of that age, she's valued at 30 shekels of silver. A boy between the ages of 5 and 20 is valued at 20 shekels of silver. A girl of that age is valued at 10 shekels of, shekels of silver. A boy between the age of 1 month and 5 years is valued at 5 shekels of silver. And a girl of that age is valued at 3 shekels of silver. <laughs> okay, I'm saying, did I hear someone say uh, some of these accusations seems as if it's true? <laughs> okay, so, okay somewhat somewhat but i don't think that it was the intention of god to discriminate against women so a girl of that age is valued at three shekels of silver a man older than 60 is valued at 15 shekels of silver and a woman of that age is valued at 10 shekels of silver if you desire to make such a vow but cannot afford to pay the required amount take the person to the priest he will determine the amount for you to pay based on what you can afford okay based on what you can afford if your vow involves giving an animal that is accepted acceptable as an offering to the lord any gift to the lord will be considered holy hmm? 
you may not exchange or substitute it for another animal. Okay? That just meant you make sure that the people fear the Lord. Uh -huh. You may not exchange or substitute for another animal, neither a good animal for a bad one, nor a bad animal for a good one, because you made a vow to give it. Uh -huh. No a bad animal for a good one. But if you do exchange one animal for another, then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy. <laughs> if you vow if your vow involves an unclean animal, one that is not acceptable as an as an offering to the Lord, then you must bring the animal to the priest. He will assess its value and its assessment will be find out whether high or low. If you want to buy back the animal, you must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Verse 14, if someone dedicates a house to the Lord, the priest will come to assess his value. The priest's assessment will be final, whether high or low. If the person who dedicated the house wants to buy back, it he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%. Then the house will again be his. If someone dedicates to the Lord a piece of his of his family's pro, family property, its value will be assessed according to the amount of seed required to plant it, to plant it. Fifty shekels of silver for a field planted with five bushels of of barley wheat of barley seeds. If the field is dedicated to the Lord in the year of jubilee, then the entire assessment will apply. Okay, but if the field is dedicated after the year of jubilee. The priest will assess the land's value in proportion to the number of years left until the next year of Jubilee. It assesses value is reduced each year. If the person who dedicated the field wants to buy it back, he must pay the value set by the priest plus 20%, then the field will again be legally used. But if he does not want to buy it back, if he does not want to buy it back and it is sold to someone else, the field can no longer be bought back can no longer be bought back when the field is released in the year when the field is released in the year of jubilee it will be holy a field specially set apart for the lord it will become the property of the priests if someone dedicates to the lord a field he has purchased but but which is not part of his family property the priest will assess its value based on the number of years left until the next year of jubilee on that day he must give the assessed value of the land as a sacred donation to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field must be returned to the person from whom he purchased it, the one who inherited it as a family property. All the payment must be measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel, which equals 20 gerats. 26. You may not dedicate a firstborn animal to the Lord, for the firstborn of your cattle, sheep, or goat already belongs to him. So you can't dedicate those. However, you may buy back the firstborn of, his, of a ceremonially unclean animal by paying the priest's assessment of its worth, plus 20%. If you do not buy it back, the priest will sell it as its assessed, assessed value. However, anything specially set apart for the Lord, whether a person an animal or family property must never be sold or bought back. Anything set specially set apart must never be bought back. Anything devoted in this way, anything devoted this way has been set apart as holy and it belongs to the Lord. No person specially set apart for, for destruction may be bought back. Okay? 
no person specially set apart for destruction may be brought back such a person must be put to death and that there were rare instances like that you see one tenth of the produce of the land whether grain from the from the field or fruit from the trees belong to the lord and must be set apart to him as holy one tenth that was the tithe in those days they were set apart to the lord they were holy so they had to give it if you want to buy back the lost tenth the lost tenth of the grain of grain of fruits you must pay its value plus 20 percent cut off every tenth animal from your head and flock and set them apart for the lord as holy you may not pick and choose between good and bad animals and you may not substitute one animal animal for another but if you do so exchange one animal for another then both the original animal and its substitute will be considered holy and cannot be bought back these are the commands that the lord gave through moses in mount sinai for the israelites hallelujah all right so that con concludes the book of leviticus i don't know about you but i've been blessed so so much for us to learn and uh, so much for us to learn but very importantly we pay attention we pay attention to what the book of leviticus has taught us so god instituted a system of worship for the nation of israel and that system was a shadow it was a shadow of the real thing that was still going to come that shadow that leviticus was portraying is christ okay so everything you saw in terms of the high priest everything you saw in terms of the tabernacle eventually you will have the temple and the sacrifices that were brought to the temple the blood that was offered and that was splashed you know on the altar to atone for the sins of the people everything you saw in terms of their vows and how they had to obey god's instruction they had to keep his laws they had to keep his covenant all of that was pointing to the real thing it was just a shadow and so as we come into the new testament and as we begin to read the book of hebrews next time we stay together hopefully tomorrow or next i want you to see it from that light so when we talk about the high priest now the high priest now we're not talking about aaron we're talking about christ when we talk about the sacrifice when we talk about the sacrifice we are not talking about the blood of animals anymore we're talking about the blood of christ himself the sinless son of god when we talk about the altar <laughs> we our very lives are the altar hallelujah i don't know about you but i'm telling you you will see the book of hebrews in a different light lord we say thank you bless us today as we go and let your name be glorified in our lives once more in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day